In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is album 13, Aretha Franklin's I've Never I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. And now, here to sing America. Is that Vince the McMahon? Beautiful, the Queen yes. of the Soul, Miss Aretha. Oh my God, is real? Is this real? Oh my God. Ooh, this podcast is free. It don't cost no money. And Aaron laughs. And things are funny. After Aaron says, can you guys text to me? Yeah, baby. Text to me. Pictures to my phone. Oh, baby. He wants P-I-C's of F-double-E-T's. Needs to see those pictures, please. P-I-C's of F-double-E-T's. Dirty feet of your wifey's, please. Just some feet for Aaron's phone. Just some feet. For Aaron's phone, so he can beat his little phone. Oh, Ross, I don't, I don't like that you wrote that. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just to be his little phone. Oh, get it. Get it. Get it. guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck oh, did wow. it better. Wow. Fuck this. We're going to listen to that again. Oh, I should just start with the F-bomb right off the bat. All right, everybody. Welcome to Beck Did It Better. Guys, I had a little uh, email. Okay, so I realized that maybe I'm piling on Aaron a little. Listen, Aaron, I love you. <laughs> Yeah, I want to get that publicly. <laughs> After listening to the Michael Jackson intro, where I also mentioned your penchant for feet, and then this, and then now I realize that my next joke is also the same thing. Uh, Aaron wrote the intro today, so let me read it in an email. Oh, no. Hey, say hi to three guys who want to put their F-I-N-G-E-R-S in Rob's M-O-U-T-H. <laughs> what? Why would I say something like that? Why did I do that? Why would I, I say something like that? I think I wrote it in a fever dream. All right. So let's say hello. I got Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? Get in the groove and let the podcast roll. I'm going to stay here till this Moscow mule soothes my soul, Rob. Great. Matt, Matt in Minneapolis, how are you doing? Doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. And Aaron out in Oaktown. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm recovering from that intro right now. Yeah, well, I would laugh the hardest, and it was all my own jokes. And I'm it again, and it makes me laugh. It's the saddest thing of all time. Why are you looking at your phone? Are you getting text messages? <laughs> yeah. Text messages to myself from myself saying, good job, Rob. And I'd say, oh, thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. Well, Aaron's getting some feedback. I got, yeah, a lot of them from everywhere. All, all our listeners in Idaho and other places, yeah, oh. I got all the feet pics. Hey. Can I tell you, by the way, I did have somebody email the uh, Beck at uh, Beck did it better at gmail.com is a great way to get a hold of us. Mm. Now, this is somebody I know, but they did email me, first of all, a picture of one of the callers, Kristen from Minneapolis. I got a picture. I'll give you a hint. The person who emailed me, 
uh, did give birth to one of our children. So maybe that'll narrow it down. Uh, they sent me a picture of one of the collars, and they sent me a very nice link to a box that I can put children's teeth in so my wife doesn't accidentally eat anymore. So I thought that was very kind, and I appreciate you using the email. But I did want to reach out and say, if anybody is out there who doesn't know uh, any of us, and you listen to this podcast, shoot me an email. I promise I won't email back. I promise I won't do anything. I won't be weird about it. I just want to see if anybody's actually listening or if it's all bots out there. But before we start, we've got, we have to go to the Beck line. We've got a special double voicemail. Oh, oh boy. Oh, yeah. This is Barry calling from Burnsville. I knew it. Uh, I just have a suggestion. I think you got edited out the first that, uh, Maybe you guys should let Matt talk a little bit more on the show. Uh, We're kind of getting sick of hearing all this Aaron stories. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he's from California. Ooh, we're having a little faster, maybe. Avocado toast, great for him. (laughs) We're sick of those stories. How about letting Matt talk a little bit? My gosh, the guy's got some of the most smartest things to say, but... All you guys always just talk all over him. I mean, let the guy freaking talk for once. Jeez, I, agree. I mean, Kristen from Minneapolis probably is allowed to talk more than he is. So just let Matt talk. Let Matt talk. Let Matt talk. So two things. Oh, well, no, hold on. Sorry, can Barry, Matt, you're going to get edited out we, again. Matt, Matt, why don't you comment on that quickly? All right, well, that's the next thing, Guy from Burnsville sounds pretty good for guys from Burnsville. Okay, so let me do my bit that I wrote. Matt, you got to stop taking over this podcast. (laughs) Number one, I'm sorry to Barry that he's going to get edited out again. Number two, Matt, why don't you tell a funny joke right now? Tell a funny joke? Yeah, why not? All right, have you guys... Oh, no. Oh, God, he's got one. you guys know the four kinds of orgasms? Oh, no. It's getting real. It's getting real in the field. All right, so we've got another <laughs> voicemail coming in. Actually, you know what? I want to hear the rest of that joke. What are the four kinds of orgasms? All right, well, there's the Aaron. positive. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And there's the negative. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. And then there's the religious. Oh, God. Oh, God. Mm. And then there's the fake. Oh, Rob. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh. Hey, we, hey, oh, Rob, oh, Rob. That's going to be a running bit through the whole thing. That's going to stay in no. this pod. Rob, Not, you're gonna have I to have to edit this part out. Have to I'm edit editing this out. all Barry's stuff out. They're going to have to edit yeah. this out. There's the Rob's wife. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always running Rob's own jokes back on him. You know, I, I cannot wait for Thanksgiving break where I'm just editing this podcast. Forever. <laughs> all right, let's go. So, so the the people, the person has spoken quite slowly, and they the said person. that we want to let Matt talk more. So we will definitely. Now, I will say. Uh, we have not released the uh, the Lauren Hill episode yet, so that you're going to get a big dose of Matt coming up next week, where he's he's actually given the history. The Why show. am I saying that now? You mean, you because you're like going to hear this. You after. mean like three weeks ago? Oh, <laughs> this I'm so confused. <laughs> this is definitely a Looper type situation. Okay, <laughs> this is like Back to the Future, but I'm like somehow not wanting to have sex with my mom. I'm just dumb. <laughs> Rob, your mic's off. All right, hit the brakes already on the podcast. Pump those brakes. All right. There, it's back on. Okay. I constantly get questions or people that say, oh, that Russell, he laughs so funny. Who are you? Why are you outside my window? And they're really, I mean, they're talking about Rosie. So I don't know why my friends who listen to this, they cannot get this straight. But Russell, Russ, is in Minneapolis, is in Minnesota. Say hi, Russ. 
Hello, everyone. Hello. There you go. Hello. And hello. Rosie's, hello. Rosie I'm is a out in Oakland. <laughs> Rosie is out in Oakland. That's me. He's the one that laughs all the time. Yeah, I don't tell so any. Rosie, this. I don't no, tell any I, jokes. I think Russell tells that, the jokes. I do the laughing. Right. Mm-hmm. Russ, Russell's the one who comes up with all the funny stuff. Yeah. Rosie just laughs. I, I just laugh at it. I wouldn't say that. I think maybe. people are confused over <laughs> who's laughing between Aaron and and Russ. I think. If it's a Rob bad joke and someone's laughing, it's because huh? Rob has piped in Aaron's laugh, which he admitted <laughs> earlier that he does. If it's a if it's a real good joke, then it's probably Russ laughing. <laughs> all all right. right. So once again, all that is getting edited out. Uh, <laughs> next vo- now I don't. Uh, let's be clear. I don't pipe in Rosie's laughs on the podcast are all legit. Now, have I edited something I've set out that Aaron laughs at afterward and just kept in Aaron's laugh for the second time? Yes, mm. I have done that. Mm. Do I sometimes extend Aaron's laugh into an edit so you can't tell where I edited it? Yeah, but it's it's still there. Just do maybe I what always he's answer all my own there. questions? Yes, yes, I do. I do. <laughs> okay, and plus, I mean, Rob's bad jokes. I, huh? Rob's like the Brett Favre. Like Brett Favre used to always do that. What dudes to do what? He, he would always say like he would always ask himself the question and then answer the question. Move on. Move along. Should I show a text of my small penis next to these Crocs? <laughs> yes, I should. Thanks, Brett Favre. <laughs> nice to hear from Brett Favre. Let's nice, to these days. <laughs> nice to hear. Oh, I just got a text from Brett Favre. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> Is it his feet? Is it yeah, it was the definition of dirty feet. <laughs> oh, it wasn't no. focused on his feet, but his feet were oh. in there. All right. Hi, this is Claire. I am a long-time listener, first-time caller, and I also happen to be one of Russell's cousins. (laughs) I am calling to weigh in on the topic uh, from a couple podcasts ago about Wonderwall and whether it is a good stadium song uh, to be played for the Minnesota United Football As a season ticket holder to MNUFC, I will say I do understand the history of the song and why it is the current celebratory song when the team wins a game. Mm-hmm. However, I will agree with uh, the Beck Did It Better members that it is not oh. a good song for See? a celebratory right. win. Right. In fact, I think that MNUFC should actually use Prince's Let's oh, Go Crazy right. uh, uh, like other Minnesota Jeez. sports teams have. Uh, it's just pretty a better song. Imagine it's that. actually upbeat, and it makes you want to dance <laughs> yes. instead of Wonderwall, which yes. makes you want to stand there and think, wow, why is it such a slow song playing after Sweet. everyone is so hot, happy and hyped oh, up? smart, yeah. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. I really enjoy this podcast, and it is a bright spot in the doom and gloom that is 2020. Okay, three right. things. Three yeah, three things. I got three things. <laughs> Number one, how is her mic quality better than Aaron's was the first three recordings of this episode? That sounded so good. Whatever mic or phone or whatever she's I using, I, I we should use that for the I podcast. Like it sounded problem, excellent. Right? Like, I feel like mic- okay. <laughs> Number two, no offense, and I want to be clear. No, we have, we have the dumbest callers. That is the dumbest what? thing I've ever heard what? in my whole life. Okay? Our, our listeners are the scum of the earth. They what? have no brain cells whatsoever. That is a terrible take. <clears throat> Listen to this right now. You're at a you're at a soccer game. Somebody just scored a, a goal. Well, she 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 said she is a season ticket holder, goes right. to the games, and doesn't like the song. <laughs> I'm singing. Aaron, you want to sing right now? You're going to be, be the, the one, one that saves me. me. Oh, saving. Hmm, what happens in a soccer saves game? Me. Saves. Thank you. Yes. 
Oh, I'm so pumped. So pumped. This is so exciting. I think I, if you imagine a whole stadium sing, yeah, that's the problem. I, I want to I want to disagree with her until she suggests let's go crazy and then I can't disagree so with her. So let's anymore. say let's say uh, the the Wild or whatever the soccer team's name is score. <laughs> what what do they play? <laughs> wild the Ludes, whatever it is, yeah. We're just like we're going to be the wild too. Are what if, sure? Whatever yes. these third-rung professional teams that nobody cares about. Oh. What what do they play? What, what should they play? <laughs> this oh my god! I never talked about Emerson like this. Okay, here we go. Yes. No, you can't this is sing way this. better. No. Yeah, you can't like sing can't, along with this. I can't argue. Uh, yes, you can. No. Hey, hey here, here's yeah. the real way I've to resolve this. Dance times. to it. I've tried. You can move, times. shake your hips. Aaron, how Get many jiggly parts how, going? How many MLS soccer games have you been to in your life? I I have no, yet what? to go to. I've oh, not been to an MLS soccer game yet. Interesting, Matt. How many how many MLS games have you been to? None. Z- zero. We're at a combined zero yeah. between the two. Rob, how many? Well, let's see. Carry the three. <laughs> zero. So between the three of you, you've been to zero MLS games. And we just got a call from one of our dedicated listeners who is a season ticket holder that said, Wonderwall, not a great soccer song. I think the, I think we know, I know. the answer. I, I, I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a really good buddy, Brandon from, uh, well, he's from Richfield. He lives in Minneapolis now. We should get Brandon on. He is the biggest soccer fan I know, football fan. And his whole family uh-huh. is just nuts. And I think we should get him on next week to have him explain it to us because, uh, as your cousin said, there is a story behind it. Mm. And Brandon keeps trying to tell me there's a story, and I just want to say I don't care. I don't. It, whatever you're going to tell <laughs> now me, now he knows what it's like to be on the podcast with Matt. There's no, he's, he's there's really no way. Yeah, yeah, some story. Hey, so Matt, what he, do you think he, about this? Shut up. I actually had a, a couple songs that may be better soccer songs than what you guys think. And the first oh. one is done by the namesake of our podcast. It's Beck Dreams. Rob, if you could pull that up. This Better is, than Wonderwall for a song. Jam. What? And so, no words. Oh, okay, wait a minute. So Better. This, You're right. This is good. This is a jam, but the reason it's definitely got to be on the list is this was listed as like the 20th best song ever that's been included on a FIFA soccer game. So FIFA oh, 2016, what? this was 20th? the song when people played the, the video 20. game. It's so this has to be 20. this has to be up there. One other one other soccer song that has also been really popular, and that is this song. Have you guys ever heard? Have you guys ever heard of this song, "Hi Ho Silver Lining," which was done by Jeff Beck? Oh, here he is, gripping the guitar. There we go. Check this out. Just everybody's in the stand. Here we go. That is a yes. soccer song. That is a soccer song. And in fact, it has been adapted by several soccer clubs, including Aston Villa, Sheffield Wednesday, and Wolverhampton Wanderers, which are all bigger teams in the world than the Loons of Minnesota. So I got to ask you guys, when it comes to soccer songs, who does it better? I just gave you two examples, FIFA and Premier League clubs. Who does it Beck better? and Beck. Back, back and, and back, back double back, for sure. double back, back does square it does it better. Oh yeah! Hi ho, All right, so I'm glad that you guys agree with me that the caller was wrong. Okay, <laughs> Rob, we appreciate our voicemails. How can people get a hold of the voicemail if they want to call him? 
they can call the Beck line. The Beck line is a very mysterious number that none of us seem to remember when anyone actually asks us, but it is 802-277-BECK. That's 802-277-2325. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, by the way, I should say this. You can also text the Beck line. Okay, so if you want to text, you know, what you want to say, or maybe some pictures of some little piggies for Aaron, I'll forward those out to Aaron, so let us know. If you text the pictures of feet, I will forward them to Aaron. That is the Beck did it better promise. All Seal right. of approval. And I'm thinking about editing that out, too. I'm thinking that might be a mistake now that I think about who's listening to the show. All right, so let's get into it. Let's get into our rolling going. It's, it's, it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for Roll It Going. Oh, yeah. All right. I'd like to see those callers come up with something brilliant like that. Uh, <laughs> and now I have to switch back to my other window where I actually had what I was going to talk about. Actually, let's go this. Uh, rolling Going. Matt, Rolling Going. How's it going with you? Yeah, it's going good, um, Rob. I, I, I was running into this episode a little late today because I was uh, roughing a football game, a high school football game, mm-hmm. and it was I was supposed to be roughing tomorrow, but this governor shut down all youth sports in Minnesota here, so every mm-hmm. single game that was tomorrow, everybody. All right, Aaron, we see your thumbs down. We get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you know, every volleyball, <laughs> high school, hockey, you know, everything was rushing to get a game in today, and. You know, it, 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 this is too. That's the purpose of the shutdown. I know. Sure. It, it, I mean, so it's it, it's kind of funny. But as of midnight, there can't be any youth sports any, for four weeks here in, in Minnesota, and and so it's kind of the the fallacy in the whole thing. But um, you know, my heart, literally, as as a person who play, I played three sports in high school and then played in college, and I know um, you guys were in extracurriculars and played sports and other things in high school. I can't imagine what some of these kids are going through, like especially their senior year where, um, you know, like your whole identity, good, bad, or different, you know, but you put so much time into it and it just gets shut down like that because of this um, pandemic that's going on. And, you know, there's, I, I personally don't think there's any right answer. Uh, shut it down, keep it open. I mean, it's, it's such a wild thing that's going on that but my heart goes out to all of them, literally. And I couldn't imagine being in their shoes where all of a sudden you're like, oh, we got the best team in the state, but oh, we got to be cut off now because of uh, a mandate, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just, and so I feel bad for everybody. Uh, we, we have some friends of ours that are teachers and that are coaches and coach in the fall sports. And I feel bad for them. You know, they put in the time and the effort. Um, but at the same time, I really hope that we can get past all of this, uh, you know, everybody can kind of pull their weight to get past this so we can get through this. Um, but you know, to everybody out there, I, it, it's, it's tough. No, that being said, I, you know, it's, here it comes. So oh, no. I wanted oh, no. to say that oh, no. there might not be anybody. So I ref high school football and basketball. Yes. And I don't tell a lot of people that I really don't. And because there might not be, well, you any just told a few there. thousand podcast. I just told, just to be aware. I just told the 10, our tens 10 of years listeners, or so. <laughs> yeah, our tens of listeners, but there might not be a weirder group of people in the world than high school officials, mm. people who want to <laughs> ref sports. I, I would agree with that. I would yeah, agree I, with that. You know, it's hard to argue with. Yeah, and and so I and I feel bad. So like it's it's one of those things where I I I try not to identify with them, but I am one of them. Do you guys have anything anything you're a part of that it's like 
Oh, I love doing this, but I just, I don't tell a lot of people. I actually, but, well, the podcast, yes, but the, the, <laughs> yeah. I'm on this podcast, but Humiliating. That, that news is out. Right. But the one thing, I was actually a soccer ref when I was a kid. Did you guys know that? I've heard this. I know, know, I know a bit about this. I know. So I refereed, <laughs> I refereed youth soccer when I was about 13 years old. And I remember I got paid 25 bucks a game and I was like, this is the greatest job ever for a kid, right? You get to go outside, just like be involved with sports and they pay you for it. But I was the absolutely worst referee in the history of the world. <laughs> my, my my two biggest downfalls were like one, I wasn't really a soccer fan, so I didn't really know the rules. I got certified, so they paid me more, but I didn't really know it and what was going on. Two, he was always looking to the sideline to see what song they were playing. Then he's like, No, not that song. I got this, I got these three Beck songs that I think you're really gonna like. I had to take Looking I had to take box. my headphones out. It was really annoying, but but my biggest downfall as a referee is I never would start my watch. So I would be oh, out no. there no. and there would be like, these, <laughs> oh. <laughs> there would be oh, like no. these, you know, 10 year old kids running around. It's like 95 degrees and we're like 20 <laughs> minutes into the half. And there are parents yelling at me, ref, how much time's left? How much time's left? And I would always look at my watch and be like, my watch hasn't started. So I would just have to be like <laughs> eight minutes left. I would just make it oh. time all the time. Oh my God. So that was my, my worst thing that I, I never remember to start the watch. But the other thing is. I didn't really believe in calling hands in soccer. Like if if someone got the ball kicked at them, and okay, that's they, like the one rule that everyone about soccer knows. I'm, I'm not okay, saying like offsides, hey, people are like dicey or I'm like, but like you some, can't use your hands. That's the one thing. I'm not saying like some kid grabs the ball and runs with it rugby style. I'm going to call that. But but my point is like if some ten year old's about to get kicked in the face with the ball and the ball's flying at their face and they put their hands up, I just always let it go. And so some parents and coaches wouldn't care. They'd be like, hey. The intent of it is, you know, we don't want some kid get hit in the face. So I would just never yeah. call it. But some parents would lose their shit over that and would like <laughs> scream at me. So I decided to get out of the refing game very early in the process. I, I feel like Matt's got a better temperament for it and a better ability to hit start on his watch. <laughs> I, Matt, what's if you have advice for people trying to go into refing because they hate themselves? What if, what piece of advice would you give? Like, what's the one thing you need to have as a ref? Matt, what, what piece of advice would you have for people? What's the one thing you would tell a new ref, like the most important thing, beside well, what a handball is? More, I mean, seriously, it, this, this sounds really counterintuitive, but the rules in high school and younger mean absolutely nothing, okay? <laughs> like, everybody knows that there's rules. You're going like, to miss traveling. You're going to miss uh, out of bounds. You're going to miss a handball here and there. But being able to help a kid move from point A to point B or help a coach help a kid move from point A to point B and making sure like, especially in youth sports that a kid comes back the next year and is not like embarrassed out there. Like that should be as much as the coach is doing, like the ref should, should do that as well. Do we know? have like, so, Hey, do we have some, is there a sting for like, that's some sensitive shit for Matt? Do we have like a, that's some, that's some yeah. mean old daddy Com- at all. That's some, that's no. some compassionate shit. Do we have one of those? <laughs> we don't have one yet. That's we got to create one. Matt, that's some compassionate shit. <laughs> I don't care. This sucks a jam. I'll play whatever I want. Uh, here's the thing. You just gave me a huge flashback because when I was in sixth grade basketball, I missed like one practice. No, seventh grade basketball, I missed one practice, and then I went to the next game, right? And right. I kept getting called. I bet I got called for three seconds in the lane. 25 times yeah. like in a game I got called 25 times for three seconds and I, I never I knew never what it was because I, I wasn't a basketball that. fan I didn't I've, watch basketball on TV and I was three seconds in the lane and they kept calling it calling it, and I was like what is he saying three seconds and I never crazy. even knew he was in, like pointing at me that's crazy but like the dude yeah. like honestly all the dude had to say is 
uh, you, Mr. Buzzy haired kid over here. Okay. You need to <laughs> First of all, thank you for calling me Mr. I appreciate that. Okay. Because I you almost you had can... a pubic hair. Woo! <laughs> you can o- you can only be in the lane for three seconds of time, then you gotta get out. Like how tough would it have been for that dude to say that? Question right? one. Yep. What is the lane? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was busy watching looking at my watch for the last All 20 right. minutes. Maybe, I have no maybe, idea. maybe you shouldn't have played basketball. Question yeah, number so. two. Should you have said this to me before? I'm showering in the locker room. Why are you in here with me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I only I made mean, it one year as a basketball referee because every time someone would go in the lane, I would have to look down at my watch and hit start on the stopwatch <laughs> and try to time yeah. up. It was terrible yeah. at it. Every time they would get out right at like 2.99 and I had to reset it. Meanwhile, there's like flagrant fouls going on all around. Us and I'm just staring at my watch. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, all right, rolling going, Aaron. What's rolling going with you? Uh, it's rolling going. It's rolling going good. I, uh, you know, I've been really. Uh, I'm gonna be serious for a moment. I'm gonna try. Uh, a lot good of bad luck. news in the world, right? But um, this week, I just feel so fortunate that I got to spend. I just. It felt like going to church all week, just listening to this album, and then every other thing about Aretha that I could listen to. And so I just, uh, I want to say thank you to you guys and to our thousands of listeners who let me do this because, uh, this is, this came at the exact right time. Mm. Uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really happy to be here talking about this album. So, so that's rolling going good. Um, I don't, I guess it's not ironic or just a, um, why are you laughing around? Like a, a fun twist of fate. Uh, <laughs> In that Matt was late because he was refing a football game. Um, I was not late, but I was so uh, streaming a high school football game. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to the uh, 2020 Ankeny Hawks. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my alma mater of Ankeny uh, won their third state title uh, of the last 25 years uh, tonight, uh, beat Southeast Polk. So I watched that on the yeah, internet. And they play, and they, they play two-man football. So they, that's, a, that's a super popular <laughs> there. No, that's funny. Did they beat Polk High, the alma mater of Al Bundy, four touchdowns in one game? Is that what, the, is that what you just said? This is funny. The, the Iowa eight-man football, they were scoring like 80 points in the eight-man games. But, uh, no, they beat Southeast Polk. So, yeah, shout out the Ankeny Hawks. And, obviously, it was fine, you know, to play football there because uh, COVID's going fine there. Maybe edit that out. Uh, sorry, family. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. I was, I was uh, enjoying that, and it has me feeling a little bit misty at uh, my advanced age and uh, looking back on my life and thinking about uh, the fact that I get to hang out and talk with you guys about music. You're going to play Glory Days. Over that, I was just yeah. going to say, I'm playing Glory <laughs> Days in the background right now for this whole part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had, another, I had another football dream. I have these. I have no desire to play football. When I got done playing football in college, uh, it was I actually got offered to play at this, like, not professional, but whatever, like the very lowest, like a bunch of guys going out Laundry and football with pads league. on. Laundry football <laughs> league, Ross. Rob, how many, how many years did you try out for laundry football league? Oh, they called me the short snapper. I was like, that even, <laughs> that's not even a real position. I could be a short snapper or a loose end. And I was like, I don't know either one of those things. It was two man. It was only two man football. So I didn't get it. Here's the thing. A lot of jokes there. Here's the thing is that they offered these, the guy came in like, Hey, do you want to come play in this adult league? And I was like, absolutely not. I made it through my whole career without getting hurt. I don't want to go to play in front of like two people and get hurt, but I still have dreams now where I will be, they'll be asking me to come back and play in a college game, which nobody would ever do in a million years. If you looked at me, nobody would be like, you get in there. You're pretty, you're pretty strong, right? That is why why I said that because I wanted somebody to make that statement. Um, (laughs) 
But uh, I, I'll have a dream where it's halftime and they want me to go out there for the second half and I can never find like my shoes or my helmet or my shoulder pad. And then the game starting or and playing. Thong, and that's when I wake or your up. thong for the, the lingerie <laughs> season that you dream yeah. of. I'm too sexy. I'm, I get a penalty for dressing too sexy yeah. in the lingerie league. <laughs> too sexy on number 75. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Russell, you uh, got I used it right. to remember. I used to have a dream that I couldn't reach first base. I'd hit a ball. Oh, and I'd, oh, I'd be trying. Da- oh. That was my life all through high school. Oh, I walked right into that yeah. one. But I was I'd be running and I'd be like I, I was in like quicksand where I couldn't here. get right. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need these constant reminders. I, I don't have a dream. I have a I have a vivid recollection of uh I buried the lead. I, I should have led with this. I also played in a state championship game. I played trombone. Trombone. I, no, no, no. I was on the field. <laughs> For four plays in a state title the game drop, in The band is on the field. And we won. But He's I wearing can, purple I, sunglasses. Get him off the field. Once in a while, I wake up, and I can see this kid muffed a punt right in front of me. And if I had picked it up, it would have muffed. been the most glorious. I would have been the, the hero. Uh, we won anyway. Yep. I didn't. I didn't get it, but I see it every night. I wake up and think like, ah, oh, man, if I had just got that. And that uh, would have been really impressive too, because you were wearing that long, tall uh, <laughs> band leader hat with the big thing that you were walking with down, and you're gonna pick up the football. The and band run it is in. on the field. The band is on the field. <laughs> you got the whistle. Do you have any plays that you can vividly remember? Like at football, high school football, I have like three or four that I can vividly remember. See, like yeah, day. I'm the same. You know, I don't know. You have that, Rob. No, I forget almost everything. Like I've talked <laughs> yeah. with the guys and they'll be like, remember this game? I was like, when was that? We played that team and I'm, I have no recollection. And I never got hit in the head because I never moved anywhere. So like I was always just standing there and things would be running around. I'm like, Jenny came to one of my games and she's like, you just run and then you fall over. And I was like, no, it's actually much more difficult. I have practiced for hours of my life. And Rob, I was like, well, Rob no, if I were right. you, I would have just lied about your number and made her think you were the running back the whole time and just kept your helmet yeah. on so she never knew. You're 21. Yeah, you're 21. Yeah. You're you're that guy with the big bicep. I can't believe you got six touchdowns in one game. Al Bundy style. <laughs> yeah. She was at. She was asking if you were number eleven. Are you that fast guy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good. We don't even have to edit that one out. I like that. That will, number will eleven you, comes you, up a lot. Yeah. Will you wear number? Will you wear number eleven tonight yeah. for me? <laughs> I'd be like, uh, yeah, that jersey will definitely chest. fit over me. Uh, I'll definitely let you get to first base in that case. Uh, so. You know, Rob and I have had our differences uh, thus far in this uh, podcast, but I am still curious about how it's rolling going with Rob. Aaron's That's, such a I'm, nice I'm guy. T- I'm up here on the ne- high road. I, I would never ask Rob about road. how it's going with him if he kept making songs about feet about me. <laughs> okay, I want to give everybody inside look at how this podcast works. No, no, no. So, no, no. I texted, no, I, I texted everybody right. on Wednesday, no, okay, like four no. days ago, and I said, I have the best rolling going of all time. It's going to blow your fucking minds when you hear it, okay? So I hope you guys are sitting down because here it comes. Ready? So we recently went out with a friend, and they were commenting on uh, my wife once got boudoir shots, right, where she uh, hired somebody to do her hair and then do her makeup, and then she got in lingerie, and she took all these photos, and my kid came home halfway through the photo shoot and asked her if that's what she does for a job now, and it was, you know, just a normal <laughs> thing. It's what happens. The story, I could tell a 10-minute version of that story. I'm not going to. Uh, and then she texted me a picture, and I thought it looked awesome, and I showed it to a friend, and the friend goes, who took the picture? And then I was very concerned about it. Anyway, there's a whole thing. So this friend said to Jenny, like, oh, I could do a boudoir photo shoot for you because I've done them before. Mm. And it's just with her phone, but she's like, I do a great job. I can do a great job, like, 
you know, posing. Oh, and then apparently she was talking to Jenny at a later dinner oh, yeah. and said, you know, we should do a boudoir photo shoot for Rob. Oh, no. We take boudoir photos of Rob. And I, so oh, she no. wants to come over and have me do a boudoir <laughs> photo shoot. So... I wanted to ask you guys. Is this no, a good the pose? George. The George is the one laying on the, <laughs> the bare skin rug. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine what pose could I possibly do where I look good. Like, is there one where like it's just my feet close up and the rest of my body is way far away? Like, I don't know what. Honestly, what poses would a guy do for a boudoir photo shoot? First of all, picture a boudoir photo shoot with me. Yeah. Thank have you. Have you seen, have you seen George Costanza? Yeah, doesn't, but I mean, doesn't couch? it have to be like uh, taking out the trash or using the vacuum or something? <laughs> Is that, that would works? be it. If yeah. it was me like doing the dishes and changing the laundry, Jen, I'd be like, oh, this is the best photos of all time. I it's love just, it. Just like washing I, the counter, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like that's got to be it. But like, is it me like touching my toes from behind? Like, I don't like, I don't get what a photo <laughs> I'll make the joke. I, I mean, set you guys up to make the joke. If, and no, no, you took if the, it's a feet thing, you'd have to bring in Quentin Tarantino for that shot, though. He's like yeah. the ultimate king of the feet. Oh, but, yeah. But I, I think it's it's got to be podcast Rob. It's got to be just you sitting there in your, your little... You're okay, singlet? first, I'm going to tell you right now, me sitting naked, not a good photo, okay? <laughs> it looks like an egg when you first, like, let it break the shell and you kind of ooze it out. You know, that's what it looks like when I'm sitting down. So I cannot be sitting, all right? Any, like, a lot of people look good sitting. I don't. So sitting out. Yeah, I'm saying standing. I don't want a photo of me doing stuff, like. Yeah, standing at the sink, doing dishes. Okay. You know. Uh, Ooh, maybe perhaps, an apron uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Apron is good. Maybe uh, at a sewing machine, um, making mm. a custom bench shirt for your wife, you know, <laughs> things of this nature. Yeah. Okay. So being naked at a sewing machine seems like it's problematic. <laughs> seems like there could be some trouble. Oh, yeah. Does it have to be in the bedroom or could you be like waiting at the subway station? Ooh, that's a good one. Waiting, ooh, and then then it's like a, a whole bunch of photos where it's like me waiting at the subway station. Oh, here comes a school field trip. Oh, here's me getting arrested <laughs> yes. and taken to jail. <laughs> yes, yes. It's Just a whole like series every, of photos. Every inappropriate thing that could possibly happen with you sitting there in your underwear at the, oh. the subway station. Rob eating totally. sushi at the subway station wearing his <laughs> underwear. <laughs> uh, now, wait a minute. Me eating sushi. I do like that. Yeah. I love that idea. I, I just don't know, like... I was going to Google like men boudoir photo shoot, but then I realized I have my work computer and I was like, I, I cannot explain that. Cause then I was more worried about, they'd be like, why are you looking that up on a work computer? I'd be like, well, I have a podcast. And then I'd be like, Oh no, I can't say that. So, <laughs> so have you decided you're going forward with it or was this, are you looking for advice on whether you should do it or what's, what's yeah. the result of this? I told you guys before off mic, my life philosophy is that I say yes to things. So you say so yes. Def- I'm going to make this happen. Well, she, okay. To be fair, she talked to my wife about it. Didn't actually ask me. So hold on. Jenny could be just saying this to me as like a prank. So she could be like, oh, the boudoir photo shoot's happening. She's coming over. Is this? And then I'm like totally naked on the couch. And this friend goes over and goes, what the hell are you doing? We're coming over for drinks. And I'm like, oh no. But so is this, is this a couple photo shoot with you and Jenny or is it just you? Oh God, I didn't even think of that. This may be how selfish you are, Rob, where you literally thought this was just going to be you, like, you know, cutting, cutting cherry tomatoes the way Aaron showed you in between the containers. And Jenny's going to walk in and be like, what the shit? I thought this was about, I thought this was about me. And it turns out it's about both of you. So just a Rob's warning. Been in makeup it's just all like, day trying to get his hair right. And it turns out it's oh a couple's boudoir shoot. Oh, oh my God. This is incredible. It would just be me like way in the background of a photo. Like Jenny's way in the foreground. I'm way, way in the background. I don't know. Cause I was thinking, you know, I was thinking like I have the only part of my body that looks good is my legs. 
but how can I take a boudoir photo shoot of just my legs? Like, it just seems like it's going to be trouble because if you move high up enough the legs and you're, you, there's more trouble that you want to <laughs> deal with. Yeah. For me, it's just anything. I'm, I'm a little concerned about this person too. That's like, I can just do it on my iPhone. You know, like that's professional enough. Yeah. But. I'm not, I don't think that's the way to go. We get yeah, a, we get a photos winning podcast. Sounds a little, uh, yeah. However, if this happens, uh, we clearly have our uh, Beck did a better Instagram post for this episode. So that's um, <clears throat> great promotional yeah, material. Yeah. Just like Rob's Boudoir photos. Beck did it better. You know, Rob's thighs with like uh, an Aretha album cover and, you know, tastefully placed. Mm, that's not yeah. going to work. Yeah. What is that? A dead octopus laying on some <laughs> old, <laughs> some old bleached out driftwood. What is that? Oh no. Like it's the only thing that's going to be tasteful about Rob's boudoir photo is when he's eating his poke bowl while they're taking the pictures. Mm-hmm. There's, oh, there's going to be nothing else tasteful about it at all. Just rice all in the chest yep. hair, all of it. Yeah. I'll tell you, there's a lot of angles you could take pictures of me from where it would look just look like a pokeball. <laughs> all right. So that is it for rolling going. And I agree that was the best segment ever. You guys did not want to talk about my Baudois photo shoot as much as I wanted to. All right. So for those of you that actually tuned in to hear us talk about Aretha Franklin, uh, let's start talking a little bit about Aretha's album and i'm going to tell you right now i have trouble with this album title i had trouble in the intro and i have trouble all the time it is i never loved a man the way i love you and this album came out in 68 but i all i'm going to say for the history there's so much you can learn about with aretha franklin i just want to put in to the context of these three years 1966 to 1968 1966 uh, Aretha's already released 10 albums and she has dropped Columbia as a record contract. She signed with Atlantic. This is the first um, album she did with Atlantic. And the, the first song she recorded, and Aaron, don't laugh at this, it was the titular track of this album. <laughs> and it peaked at number nine. You sicko, on, Aaron. <laughs> so listen to this. Listen to this is year. Is that a right? real world? Is that a real word? Yeah. 1966. She records this, the titular track to this album. <laughs> the only one that was recorded in Muscle Shoals, too. Yes. A- a- April of 66, she records Respect. Hits number one of the chart. March 10th of 67, she releases this album. Okay. She, two more of these singles go into the top uh, 10 in 67. Uh, you make me, sh- on different albums, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, Baby I Love You, both top 10 singles. In 1968, she released the album Lady Soul and Aretha Now. It's got Chain of Fools, Ain't No Way, Think, and Say a Little Prayer. 68, she won two Grammys. She started her first national tour in May of 68. She made the cover of Time Magazine in June of 1968. Uh, and she released, listen to this, from 67 to 68. Take it, she released five separate albums and there's some of her biggest albums of the whole career. I mean, that is literally where we're finding Aretha Franklin right now is that this is in five years, five albums in two years. Is it Rob or what is it? Yeah. Sorry. Five albums in two years. So we're really seeing Aretha Franklin, like absolute juggernaut at the time. And I think Aaron, Aaron, can you explain to me why is she able to put out so many albums so quickly when we have people now like, uh, you know, like Adele, for example, she's released three albums in the last, I looked it up. I think it was like three albums in like 12 years. Why can Aretha yeah, I mean, Franklin release five in t- two? You got money grubbing managers. <laughs> That's part of it. Yeah. Some of it yeah. might've been label shenanigans too. Like when she signed with Atlantic, I think they were really ready to get her out there and she had had some less successful years at Columbia. Right. And so, right. Um, you know, Atlantic was like, this is it. You know, Jerry Wexler was going to, you know, make money off this person. And uh, I think also, I mean, these songs are two and a half minutes long. 
there were plenty of people, you know, these studios and labels had entire rosters of songwriters and, you know, session musicians lined up to be able to do this stuff. And uh, I think, um, you know, you release an album, you tour and Aretha was, you know, being on the road was not new to Aretha. She'd been doing that for her whole life on the gospel circuit. So Mm -hmm. it was nothing for her to just record and sing all night, I don't think. And so I think it was a confluence of the where where the music industry was and her stamina as an artist. Uh, and I, I, not to answer my own question, but I also think too, she's not writing, you know, these songs, they're all, they're not standards, but they're definitely hits by other people. So. Yeah. Most of them she didn't write. Yeah. At least on this album. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think on, I'm trying to think of other albums of hers. She maybe wrote a couple songs on each of them. Yeah. And then a lot of them were stuff that, yeah, were, were by other what, artists. How, what is, what do you guys think of that? When you hear an album and a lot of the albums are covers, what do you, what do you think of that? Does that impact where you think it should be on the, on the scale of the rankings? I got to admit it does for me. I mean, I, you know, obviously this is, I think by far the best voice we've heard and probably will hear for a long time um, on this list. And it did, I was kind of like, Oh, she, you know, she's just kind of taking other songs, but man, but when you're the you, number one singer of all time, for when Rolling you're stone, when you're Jesus. this good, you're allowed yeah. to do that. Right. Right. I mean, I mean Aretha's in a different class to me. So yeah, for someone else, I might be like, well, whatever. But for her, you, you want to hear every, for me, I want to hear every note that comes out of her mouth. So, yeah, I, I do think most people only know one or two songs off this album, though. But I guess that's true of some of the other ones we've done. Uh, is this the first one where they haven't written their own music on the majority of the album? The first lit, the first record that we've heard so far? I think so, right? Like, this is kind of the first one where she's a true juggernaut, where she's able to I mean, pull that Michael, off. Yeah, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson, said, yeah, yeah, Michael Jackson didn't write everything on that one. Yeah, no, that's right. true. I, I definitely think there's some similarities between the two. Should we get into the album, boys? Let's get into yeah. it. All right, so first song. Respect. He wants those PICs of FWTs. So I think Rolling Stone is this is the number five song of all time, and it's hard to argue with it, right? I I wouldn't be surprised it's that low. Got Rolling Bone. This one, yes. Uh, this won the Grammy for the best R&B song of the year and the best R&B solo female performance. So Respect, of course, was originally a Otis Redding song. Yeah, he wrote it. Uh, and and it's really interesting when you listen to that song. It's a totally different. There's some changes in the and lyrics so where it has good. a totally different meaning. It's very good. But I will say uh, Aretha did add the R.S. PCT, which I can never, I never know what it means. I heart F E C T. Find yeah. out B U B to me. Okay, but what's the next part? Because I've never known what it is. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to no, me. No, no, no. <laughs> I know that part. No, that's suck the next part. Suck it to me, suck it to me. Okay. You talking Come about on, the, the, the you talking about the the take out the TCP? TCB, right? Well, so th- I I read an article uh, by Rob Sheffield from Rolling Stone on this because it sounds like TCB taking care of business, right? So she, it sounds like right. she says take care of TCB taking care of business, but Rob Sheffield's contention is that she says take out the TCP. So if you take the letters TCP out of respect, you that's end what up I thought with, it was. You end up with Rees, and uh-huh. her nickname uh-huh. is Ree, and uh-huh. so uh-huh. she's saying this song is mine now. The song is Rees because that's all that's left if you take out the TCP. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what Sheffield says. 
Um, that, Otis Redding that did so, say that sounds like the Beatles nerds who look read into totally. every single thing the Beatles <laughs> yeah, nerds have ever totally. said, right? But I mean, that's when Otis, like that's like an extreme stretch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know people, if I believe that. But when Otis heard it, he did say, "I lost this song. This song's not mine anymore." So Otis even recognized that this was hers now. What do you want? And I mean, Otis is one of my favorites of all time. I mean, this is a this is a badass song here though too. Yeah, yes. yeah, it is. But you do realize how important that um, R-E-S-E-C-T kind of break is in the middle of it? Right. Because it just doesn't have the same catch. But yeah, but this right. is, they're not even on the same plane, are they? That, no, that's a completely so. different Aretha world. took it for herself. No, and in fact, when you listen to that Otis Redding song, you think it's so good because you're thinking of the uh, Aretha Franklin version right. of it, I think. Mm. <laughs> but Rob, I'm really glad, the, I'm glad, Rob, that you played this from uh, minute zero because I thought a lot as I was listening to this this week that like, We've talked a lot about opening tracks on the albums, track one, side one, but I felt like this is one of the all-time great needle drops, one of the top, you know, first 10 to 15 seconds of an album where, you know, if you imagine, uh, so, so I thought of some others, I, saw, I thought of some others that might be on this level, maybe not quite, but on this level, so I made a list. It's, it's, it's time. Five, four, three, two, one. So I don't own I've Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You on vinyl, but I every time I played it, I imagined that moment of when you you set up your 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 listening station, you set up your drinks and your snacks, mm-hmm. and you're gonna start an album and you you drop okay, the wait needle. A wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, wait I a can minute, I can have minute. snacks while I'm listening to my record player. A listening wait. station? Yeah, my yeah, listening like gonna, station. Like, that's on the radio. Sit- you're going to sit in your living room and you're going to listen to a record and you're like, you're going to drop the needle, but you know that you absolutely cannot miss one second mm-hmm. of the first track on this album. So you have to drop the needle as far away from the first groove as you can and then and run back. And then you back. scratch mm-hmm. it over until it starts the music playing. You, <laughs> you push it over and it scratches <laughs> yeah. over until it starts playing, right? And you run and you back to your spot. you type in Spotify.com on your phone and, you and then you just push play. you don't want to miss one second of the first track. This is what I'm talking about. These are my favorite. My flavored peanuts are already gone by this point. First yeah, needle going. drops Wait, of all time. So the first one that I'm thinking of is UGK Return off the album Super Tight. It all started with a Come on. You hear those that snare and then those organs come in and Pipsy comes in. That's the first oh, track. There's Matt in the hour. back. You know what, Matt? This is aggressive. You hear those whistles back there? <laughs> Matt, Matt is just drinking beer right now. <laughs> that's what happens, man. You hear this track and you go crazy. Oh. That's, <laughs> How the fuck is that the what first the song in your list? What the fuck is going on? Oh, don't worry. That was a song. Okay, Russ, real quick. Tell me, who sang that song? Um, Slobber Dog. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was UGK, the famous band. Underground Kings, Pimpsy, and Bun B. What's next on the list? Next on the uh, list. Best needle drop. (laughs) These are names you're going to recognize. This is off. This is the first track off of Kanye. Aaron, Aaron, be careful what you can promise here. Be careful (laughs) what you're about to go into. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. This is the first (laughs) track off of Kanye and Jay-Z's Watch the Throne. This is No Church in the Wild featuring Frank Ocean. Mm, That bass hits. I do like this. And you got a few seconds. Pretty soon Frank Ocean's coming in. I like it. You could have missed this part. 
You can't miss no, this part. No, you can't miss it. You gotta this. be ready. You dummy. You gotta be ready. Just played ten times in a row, but if you miss it, oh my god. Can't Rob's miss got this. three bags of flavored peanuts down by this point. <laughs> you got me sitting down eating your peanuts. But it's every not time you say about... flavored peanuts, it gives me ideas for my boudoir photos. <laughs> I've spent the last like five minutes thinking about what I'm gonna put in my snack station next to my record player now. <laughs> Put in record flavored, put in record shaped candies, and then just you pray you don't make a mistake. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Sorry. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. What's next on the list? So it's not oh. just <laughs> it's not just about it's not just about doing something hard. It's not just about the big snares and the organs. Sometimes you can do something you can do something chill and yeah. loving, but still that first note's got to be perfect. And this is Al Green. I'm still in love with you. I agree with this. This right, is a banger. Right I from love the this. jump. I love this whole album. You can't miss Greatest a moment of that. Listen to this voice come in, the reverend. Spending my day. Ooh. Ooh. And that, that first, everything comes together. That first note, you can't miss it. you got to be back in your seat, ready for your snacks. It's it's pretty awesome, but it does not have the howl from Welcome to the Jungle, does it? It does not oh have the howl. God. It does not. Oh, you, oh you my God. Have, Russ just is the list still going? going? Russ just busted your list, list right going. in the middle of it. Unless we're done. That was bad oh, form, that was bad form on my yeah. part. Oh. The list is still As going. As a list guy, I should Let me know when the list is over so I can give you about 13 better. Oh, no. Everybody's busted on a list. No, no, no. What's number two? This one is this one is the Ravenettes. Remember the Ravenettes. The Ravenettes. These were this was one of my favorite bands in the early two thousands. They're Danish, and oh, they were kind an of idiot. How do you not know the Raven? Oh, and just you hear that bell, and then they jump straight in. It's the greatest. <laughs> Aaron. I love you so goddamn much. This is so good. <laughs> the this is so much content. This is going to get us so many calls. And I cannot it. wait. It's going to be so good for the podcast. So yeah. this, I Probably will be from honest. the Ravenettes, who I think pumped my gas the other day in New Jersey. <laughs> the Ravenettes. Uh, I think that song is, I think that album is called Songs in the Key of B-Flat or Love in the Key of B-Flat, but the song is called Remember. Uh, this next one is the one that uh, you don't have to I tell our of. listeners what song that was. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure was the, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was C Sharp, Aaron, if you could just maybe go back and do <laughs> yeah. your research. I think you got your octave or whatever that's called off a little bit. And remember, this is not this is not best overall track one side one. This is the first fifteen seconds. This is you can't. I miss believe we any call that it the needle the the needle, the needle drop, drop. Yeah. the first needle the drop. needle drop. When you texted me earlier asking me for advice, I said needle drop. So this next one is the one that that inspired me to think about it because it's the one I think about every time. It is the first track off of John Coltrane's Giant Steps. Mm. How do they do that? How do they fucking do that? How many takes did it take to get the bass and Coltrane and the drums drop right? Wait, 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 wait. Aaron, I try to like learn from you, but we got to rewind this. What am I listening for here at the beginning? What makes this so amazing? You're listening to it like they just start from a dead stop and they just go and everybody hits it at the same time. Mm. One more time, Rob. Yeah, I do like that. That's very good. No, Rob, go go back and play the the number one again. I need to hear it again. All right. Here we go. It's like it starts in the middle of a song. What if they just started it and then, like, cut, cut, like, they edited it? I mean, they might have. I don't know. I've never read about the recording of the album. Maybe, Maybe they did. 
but this is the one that. Aaron, for me are you surprised when you turn on your TV and it turns on? <laughs> like, does that ever shock you? When you push the power button and the thing just turns on. You're like, holy shit! I mean, yes, I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe they're in the middle of this married with children episode and he's already Can scored I? four touchdowns in this game. This is amazing. I want to point out too that Aaron sent me. The, a clip, right? Because you they, they send me like YouTube videos that I put into these MP3s or whatever. He sent me a clip. This is getting better and better. Just he sent me going. a clip that is 37 minutes long. Yeah, I sent you the whole album. <laughs> he sent album. me a 37 minute long clip. Yes, yeah, the whole album. Yeah, I sent it you took the whole about album. five minutes for me to download it. I think it took like three gigs on my computer to then put it on four. And let's play again what exactly part of the 37 minutes he likes. It's so good. It's, how do they do that? They play notes at the same time. What the hell? I this is why Aaron's blown away by music. They He's got a guy away. saying, one, two, three, go. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can feel free to pick it apart now, but those are the ones that, for me, I can't miss a, a moment at the start. I mean, I would, I, I, I would I have scratched, if, I would have scratched up all those records to get to the that that needle point, Aaron. So I'm with you. I'm, I like it. So it's a lucky I've got. They sent me those two extra needles in my record player. I don't know if I'll ever be able to figure out how to change it, but I'm ready. To, I'm ready to drop the needle on all that. I don't know if you noticed, Aaron, but I'm pretty sure we did pick apart the list right in the middle of it while you were talking. So all the research and work you put into that will not be heard because we were talking over it once again for Aaron's smart bit. Drown in my own tears. I was trying to think of why I enjoyed this song so much. Ooh, listen to that. How can you not enjoy it? And I realized that this is a 1968 release. This is from a single by Ray Charles that we had heard earlier on the old list. Just listening through now, I... I do not care for Ray Charles anymore because his album on the last list was about 10 hours long. So I've heard more Ray Charles than most people should be forced to. Uh, but he did have a version of Drown in My Own Tears that he kind of was the one that really made it famous. If you don't think. And I feel so bad, but I do hate Ray Charles very much right now. Like, I can't stand this. But this is the song where I will like just sing this randomly. Just. I think the amazing thing is, is Ray Charles is number two on the greatest singers of all time per Rolling Stone. So you've got the number one and number two artist or number two, one and two singers of all time singing that song. That's pretty cool. Hmm, I wonder if they heard my opening bit to the show. I wonder if I'm going to be get bumped up on that list. I think <laughs> if they change the list, good. I don't care if it's to pump our podcast or not. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say. Okay, it definitely wasn't in the Wikipedia other recording section, but I did find somebody. And you might have heard of this guy named Jeff Beck. Also did a version of Drown in My Own Tears. Oh. Oh. Now I am going to say, this is the kind of music I hate more than any other kind of music where it's just guitar <laughs> singing the melody of the song. I it's cannot stand badass, it. though, don't you think? Yes. No, he is a very, like very, very talented guitar player. Closing credits. But I don't like it when he does it. I don't like it when Jimi Hendrix does it. I hate it. I hate these songs where it's just the guitar singing the melody. But I'm going to ask you this. For a version of Drown in My Own Tears where nobody's singing, who did it better? better. (laughs) Thank you, Ross, for filling that. I appreciate it. All right. The titular track. I never loved a man the way I love you. I don't like when Rob takes his shirt off when he says that every time. Disturbing. 
This hit, number one on the R&B charts, number nine on the top 100. This was this one song that was mostly recorded at Muscle Shoals. When you guys talk about Muscle Shoals, what, what does that mean? What are you guys talking about when you always talk, bring that up? Check this out, Russell. Matt, Matt what does that mean? It's a... Uh, well, Muscle Shoals is a location in Alabama, okay? And it's, think of the Muscle Shoal sound very much like the Wrecking Crew out on the West Coast. It's just a, a group of musicians that sat where they were session musicians that sat in with all of these bands. Mm-hmm. There's just a whole, and we'll get to it at some point. Um, but it, you know, the Rolling Stones came in there. A lot of the Southern rock, uh, you know, like the Creedence Clearwater Revival and some of those. Doesn't Leonard Skinner, like uh, Sweet Leonard Home Skinner, Alabama, bring it up or something? Yeah. You know, you know, and, and it was a great documentary about it. There was one uh, studio. It split into two. Then there was two, and they were able to just, both of them were successful for many, many, many years. But it, again, it's like uh, this group of just phenomenal session musicians that would go from playing country, playing R&B, to playing Southern rock, and they just were phenomenal and have all their uh, fingers on a whole bunch of different um, groups. And Muscle Shoals was known kind of like the Wrecking Crew. So go ahead. So this was the this was the first song she recorded for this album, and it was the first song she recorded for. Atlantic Records is it right? Atlantic yeah. or Columbia? I can't remember. Yep, it's Atlantic. for Atlantic, and basically she recalls they just told her to sit at the piano and have her sing, and the guy who produced it, the uh, is it Wexler? Is yeah, that his Wex- name? Yeah, Jerry Wexler. He said that as soon as they heard that first note, they were like, "We're going to make a bazillion dollars on this person." Like this is absolutely they call incredible. It the magic chord. Yeah, the other guys in the session say Aretha sat down and played that magic chord, and then and then it went from there. Let's let's listen to what that first. Every time I go plug in my leaf blower outside with that extension cord, like my neighbors come out like that's the magic cord over there. Look at him blow those leaves. It's amazing. That's a magic cord. Meanwhile, they've got these. uh, You know, they don't even have to plug their things in. They're way ahead of me. Yeah. Meanwhile, Russ is blowing all the leaves up to the top of his house, and they're getting in his gutters. He's like, (laughs) "When will Matt come over and clean these?" The ironic thing to me about this song is that I don't think they. So the band is great. Obviously, uh, it's a super. It's it's a. I think it's one of my top five favorite songs of all time now, and I didn't even know it that well before we started this this journey. But I don't think they knew how to record Aretha's voice. It's the. It's to me, it's the least good. Um, representation of what she can do vocally. And I think either they didn't have the right mic or they, they didn't know exactly how to deal with it because she kind of fuzzes out at the top of the register and it's not, you don't hear that. All in right. Tracks. Go ahead, Rob. Soul Serenade. Written by King Curtis. We've heard King Curtis on here before, didn't we? So we, we covered King Curtis on the best songs about Memphis. And I know oh, he's soul, yeah, Memphis soul stew. So yeah. is this written by him or performed by him and then covered? Or do you guys know, did she cover it or did he just write it for her? Uh, I don't I know because I know it. she recorded some of this album at his studio or at, at like they could sort of did a thing where it was like undercover of night. We're going to bring the Muscle Shoals guys up to do King Curtis sessions, but then we're going to have Aretha record. I don't know. They, they definitely played together because he played on her live at Fillmore album too. So I don't know. God, I, you, you know, you do kind of lose track. Like I listen to this album over and over and you just forget what a great singer she is. And then sometimes when you really focus on it, you're like, it's unbelievable. Oh, Can God, I ask I you a question here? Yeah. What makes somebody, what makes somebody, why is she such a good singer? And there's so many other people who are like good singers, but they're not that good. Like, what is it? Is it, 
that she grew up with music, you know, with her her dad and it's and being in the church? Is it's it that both. she can hear perfect pitch? Is it her like genetic, like her vocal cords? Like, could I become this good of a singer if I would have been raised the way she was, or is it just like a genetic no, you, freak it, thing? It's both. I mean, you have so I when I think about her, I actually think about uh, I think about LeBron James actually at the same same time when I think about her because uh, I think oh. they're both equally gifted genetically. You couldn't be Aretha without being born with that voice. When you, when you hear her sing nothing, no one does it as easily as she does. And it's the same as watching LeBron play basketball, but they both worked hard at their craft and Aretha was doing it from a young age. She was, you know, Mm -hmm. the stories about Mahalia Jackson was in her house as a child. She knew Sam cook when she was, I don't know, 10 or 12. So she was around all these musicians and then the way that the church was was educating musicians at that time and how she grew up around it she definitely learned from her environment and was raised in it and steeped in it but um so i think some of the musicianship she learned but you couldn't do it without being born with that voice this this is a voice from i mean that's the thing right she has such a good voice that she recorded 10 albums before this none of them were hits and they still let her just record as many albums as she wanted like there's not a lot of people LeBron James wasn't going 10 seasons in the NBA without winning. Right. She had a lot of chances at Columbia that didn't sell and people were still willing to, to take a chance because this voice is it's a once in a generation. When you see videos of her singing later in life and you just think like, this is what she was doing in her seventies. She was just, she was born to do it, but she also worked at it and learned at a young age, you know, how to be a musician. Yeah, and plus Aretha Franklin also took a human growth hormone, and the calls never went away. So that's the way that goes. All right, lawsuits incoming for Rob. Oh, yeah, but they don't know my last name. Definitely did not have any hair transplants or anything. No, his airline just naturally went quick forward. Yeah. Aaron researching LeBron James hair fix. Oh, question mark. I'd do it if I could. NBA, to- NBA Talks always works great on this podcast. That's yeah, right. Know, don't always- let me lose this dream. One of, one of the Ooh. one of the interesting things that I've always enjoyed about Aretha, so like I've heard respect. You know, I know some of these songs, but I don't know most of these songs on the album. Mad Rob, maybe Aaron, maybe you know these songs, but I didn't know most of these songs of this album before I listened to. Do you guys? No, no, no. I was surprised. Nope. I, I had never heard of this album. The interesting thing for me has been I always remember Aretha growing up from different performances that were not necessarily her albums. But one thing I just I kind of want to just jump through a few of those that I've always enjoyed and I bet our listeners might enjoy. But the first one, Aaron, you sent this one over the other day and you know, I love watching documentaries about performances and musicians, especially since we got into this. And so Aaron sent over uh, the, this documentary about amazing grace, the live album that she, she produced. Um, It's essentially this gospel album with this church choir out in Los Angeles. I think it was about 1972 or something in there, but it's a great documentary. So I know good. you guys all checked it out, but Rob, maybe you can play the, the opening track on that, but it's fantastic. Yep, off the album Amazing Grace, the documentary is Amazing Grace. And yeah, this when you when you get to watch her now, and you can yeah. see how easy it is for her, and she just yes. feels it all. I mean, that's where it really, to me, blows my mind. You're right. She's just literally standing up there at, at the whatever you call the pulpit or whatever, just singing easily. It's so free for her. Can yeah. you imagine? All I could think of when I was watching that is, can you imagine being in that choir and yeah. you have to sing next to Aretha Franklin? I mean, 
you just feel like garbage. And I don't know if you noticed, Aaron, in the beginning of that movie, the whole background choir is singing Sitting Down. Yeah. I was like, God, that's got to be so hard. I, you know, I was in a, I, I don't want to brag, but I was in the well, Rockstar Boy Choir they were for seven naked, years. Like you were your boudoir <laughs> photos, Rob. Like they were allowed to wear like a clothes and I believe they allowed them to wear robes too to cover up their shame. So now, it wasn't like robes? the way you sit down. There were no broken eggs involved. They, they were okay. <laughs> the old dad sit where you're wearing a robe and your legs are spread wide open to have a coffee in the morning. That's my boudoir photo shoot right there. Uh, let, me just, let me just finish yeah. real quick. I just yeah. want to say, like, it's incredibly hard to sing sitting down, I think. Like, I don't know how you can crank up what they need to crank up. Am I wrong, Aaron? Like, you can just give me a yes or no. Like, is that, am I crazy? No, I don't think, no, I said the same thing because they're making so much sound and it doesn't look like they're working that hard. I mean, I just think that that's a whole different world where, uh, I mean, D'Angelo talks about it too. And I think we're going to get to D'Angelo soon about just the my way abs, the, the, abs. the church, <laughs> the church and church musicians, uh, we're just, they're, they're still it's on a different new. level. I got it from Amazon. They, they have to yeah. do it every week and you have to, you have to be able to produce sound. You have to be able to be on point every week. I get tired just sitting here talking to you guys. I don't know. Right. I don't think I could sing. Matt, did you watch the, the documentary at all? I did. And I absolutely, you know, to your guys point and, Stop me if I'm if I'm getting a little too cynical here, but oh no! You know, listening to Aretha, phenomenal. Listening to the backup choir, phenomenal. Listening to the musicians, great. But they had that uh, the Reverend. Uh, I think his name was James Cleveland. Yeah, who was kind of. I got him as kind of like the master of ceremonies, but he yeah. was trying to stick his nose into every <laughs> single yeah. scene. Of every single part of that, which just drove me absolutely bonkers. And like, it's it's like he would call up Aretha, you know, and she'd walk up to the front. First of all, the place wasn't sold out. There were seats in the back that were open. Like, how in the world do you not have that <laughs> yep. that spectacle sold out? Two, you know, they kept having all these technical problems and everything. I don't know. But like, that dude just kept trying to stick his nose into every single part of this. And like, it was like he's trying to take credit. And then he'd be singing, and then he'd try to sing over a little bit. He was playing the piano, and I was like, it just it, dri- it was driving me bonkers. It was like the whole thing is about Aretha Franklin, right? I- well, there was three or four people that kept trying. I mean, the, her dad was there. Did you guys see when her dad was talking? Yeah. yeah. Like, his dad walks right by her. Doesn't, like, give her a hug or anything. I mean, you know, talk, oh, Aretha from her, you know, from age three, she was great. And, you know, but, like, then he just walks right by her again. Like, doesn't even acknowledge that she's there. And I don't know, like it, it was, it was great to see that, but like I, I could not believe, to me, the gall of the people. It just looked like a big money grab for some of those people again, and I think it drove me bonkers oh. to see kind of like it, it, it was just, it seemed like blatant disrespect. For it was like, oh, here's our little trophy. She's gonna sing great. And she's part of the show, and so I don't know. Can you imagine else? being Aretha and you're just dealing with that shit all the time? Oh, and guys trying I mean. like, to hop on board, and you're just yeah. so much more talented than anyone else in that room, right? Right. I mean, uh, Mick Jagger was there. Yeah. Mick Jagger came to watch that. You know, he was in the front row of the crowd. And I, it, it, there was people that were getting up dancing and fainting and, you know, who were not members. You know, the, the crowd, great. That's that's what they're supposed to do. And that's what I love about the gospel music and moves you. Um, it's great. But, like, I could not. It, it was hard for me to watch because it just, it seemed like everybody was trying to glob on to Aretha and what she had going on. And it drove me bonkers. All right, Matt, we get it. You're the Aretha of this podcast. We'll let you talk more. We're sorry. It's interesting, too. I read a great NPR article on that movie. And real quick, Sidney Pollack directing it, you know, they mentioned in the beginning of the movie that they had technical problems. Well, the technical issue is that he never did that clapping thing. 
or a movie, you know, where they yeah. clap it. And so they could never sync. I don't think we, we did the clap at the beginning of the we podcast tonight yeah, either. Didn't. Oh, jeez. Okay, ready? <laughs> One, two, three. three. Clap. <laughs> All right. Fucking Aaron is way okay, off so all the time. Okay, so now that I've criticized him, <laughs> but they literally filmed 20 hours and they couldn't use any of the footage because the sound in the video, they couldn't match it up. And oh, somebody no. had to go by and go through it like frame by frame and make sure it all matched up. I couldn't imagine, you know, what it's like to go through and edit it. Just to be so frustrated well, with all Lee, these mistakes. I mean, Spike and Lee not, got, got into it, so it is a Spike Lee joke. Yeah, it is. So yeah. I'm glad, certainly gra- glad that somebody got But that movie exists, just came out sure. a few years ago. But one of the yeah. movies that she was in that I remember as a kid, and she was so oh. awesome in, is the Blues Brothers. You guys yes. remember oh, her yeah. and the whole Blues whole Brothers? Chickens? The, guy, the, <laughs> the Blues Brothers come in, they order four whole fried chickens and a Coke. And essentially yep. her husband at the time is like the line cook. And he comes out and he's like, Oh, these are the Blues Brothers. You get, you know about these guys. I got to go Jake. play with them. Yep. Elwood, the Elwood. Blues Brothers. <laughs> Shit. And yeah. so all of a sudden McIntyre she's like, Murphy. she's telling McIntyre Murphy, you better think about what you need to do here. I watched this a dozen times today. I oh, love it so much. It's so good. This is just like so much. How is this tempo so fast? This is when you really realize how shitty of singers the Blues Brothers were. Like, they're your classic white guys who are like, hey, we like the blues. We should form a band. Yeah. Who should we put in our movie? Well, uh, let's put Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin in there. That's going to sound pretty good. I, one of the coolest things, when, when I looked at this on YouTube, someone, one of the recent commenters said, this movie is a time capsule where you can go back and see James Brown, Ray Charles, Cab yep. Calloway, and now Aretha Franklin. Jeez. That's pretty damn cool. That's right. Yeah. Belushi. Yeah. So what? One other thing and that Dan I, Aykroyd sing. Wow, what a dream come true for me. One other thing that I thought was really cool. <laughs> I, I know I've told you guys about these before. Have you guys ever watched these Kennedy Center Awards? Aaron, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. It's yep. essentially these people get this award from the president or from the government, and it's always these musicians. They do this ceremony for them where they come up, and the person is literally sitting next to this president in the in the box, and they bring up like four famous artists or four or five that essentially cover their biggest songs ever. In these live performances, and I love these things. You know, I've seen Paul McCartney, Billy Joel, Led Zeppelin, Hello. Earth, Wind, and Fire was this year. <laughs> People have to check these out. They are so good. But I came across this one for Carol King, and Carol King is sitting next to the president, and it was Michelle and Barack Obama at the time, and she's sitting there, and all of a sudden the final act comes out, and it's Aretha oh. to sing this song. And she's cover. She's singing her song that Carol King covered, but it's so amazing. I mean, she's at the, you know, nearing the end of her life here. Yes, and you can hear the age. Yeah, but she literally well, walks at the out. End, she goes off, and she sounds as great as right. you know, forty right. years before. It's so cool. I will say, to be fair to Aaron, this was also another 30-minute video that somebody sent me <laughs> that I had to transcode. <laughs> and when I say I had to transcode it, I had to push a button and then wait. No, well, it's the one and only Aretha Franklin, though. I didn't. Aaron sent you a 30-minute song that was not Aretha. I of sent the you one Aretha. and only John Coltrane. Yeah. Russ, did you listen to how that song started, though? Oh, my Aaron. God. It went... Bah, bah. <laughs> oh, no. I just faded out right when Russ started singing. Sorry. The only political thing I'll say on this podcast is that I enjoyed that Russell oh. said Michelle's name first when it was like it was Michelle and Barack Obama. Because I think that's how we all feel now, right? Like, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Michelle didn't drone strike anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say, too. Okay. So the last thing, the last thing that I, I had to mention with Aretha, like I said, I don't really know a lot of these songs. 
But what I remember Aretha from, she sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 3. And we were really young at the time. But I, that's Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. And so that's when he body slammed Andre. That's wow. when he body slammed Andre. And so yeah. one of the greatest musical moments in professional wrestling history is Vince McMahon introducing Aretha Franklin like you did earlier, Rob. So cool. And now. So this is in front of like 93,000 people in Detroit America, where Aretha's from. The beautiful. The queen of soul. Miss Aretha Franklin. That. Vince McMahon is a genius, isn't he? Like, yes. he even introduced Aretha Franklin. And then listen to the difference between that introduction and the, her singing. He's like, yeah! And then it's like, no, no, no. So this is in front of like 100,000 people at the old Pontiac Silverdome. By the way, you got to watch the video of this because it's crazy. She's out in the middle of the crowd. Yeah. And everybody is like wearing these dorky... No offense, Matt, but they're wearing these dorky ass sweatshirts <laughs> in the crowd, and they're like turning to see where the camera is. They're like two feet Are from they Aretha Franklin. They're like two feet from Aretha Franklin. And they're like, "Boo, we want Hulk Hogan!" Like it's just, it's crazy. Man. But she, she absolutely slays this, and then it's really cool. The banger. So WrestleMania, she is the only person to ever sing "America the Beautiful" at two WrestleManias. She did it at WrestleMania three. And WrestleMania 23, both were in Detroit. Whoa. I hope she's got that on her LinkedIn page. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know this, but that was actually the first of two musical performances at WrestleMania. I got a long Guys, I got to say for WrestleMania songs, Honky Tonk Man did it better. Oh, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure Honky Tonk Man was singing singing backup on America the Beautiful. <laughs> I liked it at the end when he smashed a guitar over Aretha Franklin's head. All right, so next up, we've got... Okay, guys, just like with the three times I had sex with my wife, baby, oh, no. baby, baby. Oh, I think it was Steve, Steve, what? Steve. Oh. Bernie. Are we doing Bernie? <laughs> uh, no, look, one more time. I'm pretty sure. What does she say, Rob? Steve, 11, 11, Steve, 11. Steve. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. Next song, number six, with no jokes about it. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> what is this, Britney Spears? Oh. Woo. I don't know if we'll hear it on this Man. clip, but do you guys love the backup singers on this? Here we go. Yeah. I love oh, the yeah. backup yep. singers, too. Yeah. Didn't everybody want to be a backup singer when they were younger? Like, you thought you could pull that off? Have you seen that documentary, nope. Matt, where it's a six feet from fame? It's about all the no, backup singers? No, 20 feet from fame? No, I've not watched that one. Oh, I watched the one where they're a little bit closer. Um, yeah, oh. no, you're right, Russell. The backup singers, um, Aretha's sister, right? Um, was it Irma or Carolyn? And then um, Sissy Houston. Um, we have machines look so. I believe that's here. Whitney Houston's mom, Aaron. Maybe correct. you should look that up. That is correct. I was waiting for someone to jump into that. That Whitney's that's Whitney Houston's mom. Is yeah. there a delay on the Zoom? <laughs> Rob, your mic's off. <laughs> I think baby, baby, baby is the is the the full that's the fullest extent of, of Aretha's uh, vocal sort Dion of Warwick, was she a backup? No, she's I don't know also if it was on this Susie album, Houston, but for though. some for some God, for some man. songs she was. Oh for my some God. Aretha songs. I don't know if it's on this album. I love the Aretha songs either where they're super fast or they're slow and she's going fast. Like I just love that dynamic where she's playing off the music. All right, so now this is a great 16-bar blues. Uh and so I want to play huh? Dr. 
How many yes. candy bars? <laughs> 16 in one night? Yeah. It's just like when I, for youth football, when I had to sell candy bars and at the end I hadn't sold any and I ate them Rob, all. The 16 Rob, bar blues. Rob, I know no, I said that in the last episode too, but leave me alone. Rob, no candy bars before that boudoir shoot. None. You got to lay off them all. It's going to be me holding the king size. Even All if it's right. a baby, baby, baby Ruth. No baby, baby, baby Ruths. I'm going to be holding one of those fun sizes. Number 11 like, is going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to be like, this is actually a real size candy bar. So then every, okay. Dr. Field. For scale. Yeah, there's going to be no scale at my boudoir shoot. I can tell I, you that. I love, this song's so great. It's literally about like, hey, I've got friends over. My friends need to get the hell out of here because I need to get laid. That's what this song is about, right? Yeah, I like that it's like, well, company's okay once in a while, but that's not what I'm trying to... It's time for you to get the hell out of here. Motley Crue covered this song, right? Yeah, (laughs) it did. I really really thought there were going to be more Motley Crue jokes in this episode, so I'm impressed with us for not going there until now. Um, that makes me think for my boudoir shoot, I should maybe be in a boat. Did you ever see that Molly Crew one where he was honking the horn with his giant hog? Anyway, it's a great video. Is Steve going to be on that boat with you too or not? One of my, one of my favorite. I'm going to have to edit his name out every time you guys. <laughs> Otherwise, he'll get so mad at me. Uh, all right, next one. Good times. Sam Cook song. I love this song. I, maybe it's just like the poppy hook to it, but I love it. Oh, no, it's great. Uh, really good guitar on this Whoop. this track yeah. too. I don't know who I should have looked up who the guitarist is, but I think it's her husband, Matt Guitar Murphy. I that's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up we've got Do Right Woman, Do Right Man. Russell mentioned that he doesn't know the songs in this album that well. Um, I know this album really well or this song really well from the Willie Nelson cover. But I prefer Aretha's version. Listen to the recording quality again. This is the other one she did at Muscle Shoals. Oh, yeah, that's right. But they didn't you finish it, right? They, like, started a fight. Well, what the hell? I just said that earlier in the podcast, Aaron. Do you listen to I- Let <laughs> Rob Talk? Let Rob Talk. They also said they only did one song. No, guys, I explained it. Don't make me go. Okay, play the tape. Rewind. They obviously played two songs. Thanks, Rob, for playing that tape. I mean, no, wait, I wouldn't say thanks for playing the tape when I'm listening on the tape. Uh, but that is number, that song on the Rolling Stones top 500 songs of all time is 476. So we've got three songs on this album on the top 500 songs of all time. Next up, Save Me. Ooh. This feel the song just feels so much different than the all the other ones, right? I don't know if it's a Kent Curtis inspiration, but it's it sounds different to me. It feels out of place. The guitar is way different. King like Curtis, I think, is a good point. Is this is this a King Curtis? Is he playing it? I mean, it sounds a lot like what I've heard from him. Ooh. God dang, that sounds good though. It's just creeping along. I love it, and I love it. Now listen, that's the beginning part of the song. Listen to what it sounds like by the end. I mean, it just builds. It's putting. It's like a Memphis stew, right? You're putting in all the funky bass and everything. And it picks up steam. Oh. Yes. Oh yeah, I love it. With the baritone sax in there. All right. So the next one is when I uh, pay five dollars for a burger at McDonald's, and I say, hey, "Wait a minute, change is going to come here." Oh my God, I can't. Believe- that's a good one. <laughs> I can't even. Ah! No, that's the last song of the album too, so I mean, that's the best joke. 
Oh Aaron's my god. The, Aaron's the music expert, but that's the best moment on the album is that note right there, right? Yeah. That note to me, and also um, just knowing that she's so this is a Sam Cook song, also. Sam wrote yep. this one. She knew Sam, she grew up with Sam, and so when she sings that, when she adds that little tag at the beginning and says, you know, an old friend said to me, this is after Sam was gone, had been gone for almost five years at this point. Uh, it's a, I mean, this is such a powerful statement. And she adds, yeah, she adds a little embellishment to the vocal line that Sam didn't do and makes it her own. This, yeah, this song is just, it's a killer. I have to say, guys, I, I didn't know much about Aretha past respect and the Blues Brothers stuff, but I really did. When I was listening to this album at work, I, just, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Once again, these albums have some pretty good songs out of them, I gotta it's, say. It turns out. And I don't, I'm gonna say something controversial here. Aretha Franklin is a pretty good singer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you get to die on that hill? Yeah, she's no Dan Aykroyd in <laughs> Blues Brothers, maybe, but yeah, she's a pretty she's a pretty good. And she does make singer. a significant change to the lyrics there because uh, Sam said it's been too hard to live in, but I'm afraid to die because I don't know what's up there beyond the sky, which was a big statement for a gospel singer. That was that was something because Sam and Aretha lived that same life of going from gospel to secular, and then you couldn't really go back. And Aretha changes it the tiniest bit because she says, I might not be if I knew what was up there beyond the sky. She's not willing to admit the same level of doubt that, that Sam was willing to admit to, which was a, a big deal for someone who grew up in that world. Anyway, All right, let's get to, to everybody's favorite part of the album. No, we enjoyed it. You guys are have such look. You need talking to talking about Steve. Are we talking about Steve? <laughs> you guys need to part? have more high confidence, like I do. Rob, why did you have to pause the podcast to go put on that number eleven jersey? Now you're not wearing anything, <laughs> and it's a Steve on the back. You, oh. you sickos! You guys want me to do this boudoir photo shoot right in front of you, don't you? Okay. Wait, let me get the camera I feel like just I right. Just, I feel like I just blew our load on our post post recording. <laughs> All right, so let I'm me. I'm gonna come back with it hard. Okay, I'm gonna squat oh, down geez. over the camera on the zoom here. Okay, so <laughs> that's the boudoir photo shoot. It's just me in the bathroom with a throwaway camera. All right, this is everyone's favorite part of the podcast. See, you guys got to have confidence, like I do. Uh-huh. Everyone loves this part. They think it's great. It's the final rating system. This is album number 13 on the list. And I'm asking you, is this album rolling well-toned? Is it perfect at 13? Did it get rolling boned? It should be much higher than 13. Or is this album a rolling groan? It should be lower than 13. Russell, what do you think? Like I said earlier, I know Aretha from kind of pop culture moments or movies or other things, not necessarily her music, but every time you see Aretha at a performance, they announce her as the one and only Aretha Franklin. And I can see why they announced her like that, and she deserves every bit of it. And to me, she, this is the first time I know Marvin Gaye is considered an amazing singer. John Lennon is up there on the list, which I don't understand why. But this is the first time we're listening to someone sing. Kind of gave me chills and just like blew me off my off my feet. And so I wanted to share this really cool quote from Mary J. Blige with you guys. You know something that God made, and Aretha is a gift from God. When it comes to expressing yourself through song, there is no one who can touch her. She is the reason why women want to sing. It's beautiful to see because it helps people with a lack of confidence in their ability, like myself. I look at her and think, I need a piece of that, whatever that is. And I just thought that was so cool. It's like the the best way to kind of explain, like, Aretha Franklin, her voice is just so huge. It's so amazing. And and I I, I love the album. I don't know where it should rank in, in the top 10 or whatever. I thought it was kind of 
monotone to a lot of extent. Like there wasn't a lot of variation between the songs except for a couple of them, but she's the greatest singer of all time. And so it has to be up there on the list. So I say rolling tone. All right, Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, I think. Is that what you rolling call it? Well, yes. All right. Again, guys, you guys joke around. Oh, like, I don't know the rating system. Now everybody's talking about it. We love it. Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown. Matt, what do you think? I'm going to say rolling uh, well-toned. Uh, I'm admittedly not the biggest fan of the genre. Um, Aretha Franklin, it, 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 I don't know how much I'm going to go back and listen to a lot of Aretha Franklin in my life. Um, but absolutely to what Russell said, she's the one and only, and she does a phenomenal job. <laughs> Obviously that's kind of a dumb statement. She's, she's an amazing <laughs> singer. Um, you know, and so abs- absolutely this album deserves to be, um, you know, where it's at on the list. I mean, may- maybe it could be a little higher. I, I wouldn't, I would not disagree if it was a little higher, but for me, it's a ro- uh, rolling well tone. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, Matt and Russell both said it. I don't know how you possibly talk academically about Aretha Franklin. She is a, she's an angel from heaven, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't know if this is her best album in terms of a, a work of, of art and music. I think Young, Gifted, and Black might be better, but we'll get to that one because uh, I like the musicians better on Young, Gifted, and Black. But uh, I'm going to say Rolling Boned because I think this this can't be out of the top 10. She's just too much of a force of, of nature mm-hmm. in American music. So I'm going to say Rolling Boned. I, I, one of my favorite things about this podcast is now how Aaron has articulate things to say and Matt has articulate things to say. But I've just decided I'm going to start quoting other people <laughs> instead of giving my own opinion. It's my favorite thing. Guys, you know, one thing I've noticed about this podcast is Aaron has a, a t- smart thing. No. Okay, so... <laughs> I can't do any hey, of this hey, stuff. Rob, right. Rob, didn't you get the memo? We don't give credit, Aaron. We don't give credit oh, for that. Yes, I did get that text chain that we're okay, all on and not sorry. Aaron. Move so on. here's the Rob, deal. Rob, how would you rate the album? I will say this, guys. I think, um, listen, and, and you might say, oh, Rob didn't come up with a rhyme this time. Oh, and he couldn't think of one at the top of the kip. Wrong. I'm rating this a rolling Aretha Franklone. Franklone. <laughs> oh, no. Because no. that's who it is. It's Aretha Franklin. Here's the deal. I love the album. I think it's great. I have to admit, guys. I did do that opening song in one take. So it does kind of make me think maybe I should be a superstar as well. And maybe I've just missed my calling this whole time. So something to think about. All right. So that is it for tonight. What a letdown, Rob. Once again, pumping the brakes at the end of this trip. Let's stop this podcast and get out. We'll think about it. For the two people that still listen to this part of the show. Uh, We've got our next album is number 14, Exile on Main Street. Ooh, the Rolling Stones, guys. I can't wait to listen to that. I wonder what we'll say. Psych, go back in our podcast. We already talked about it, you losers. Get back there. that Whoa. used to be number Whoa. seven. Whoa. We are all the way up then, guys. We're jumping ahead. We, it's like we're going two weeks in the future to number 15, and it's Public Enemy. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Mm. Finally, oh I get to use my Terminator. I'll be back. <laughs> <sighs> Shit. Why, why am I so shitty ending this podcast? I don't know what to do. Okay, think of a funny joke to end the podcast. I got it. I got it. Okay. That's it for Beck Did It Better. When you want to hear about the greatest of all time. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck 
did it better. I got news for Claire the Square, our caller earlier, and everyone else who's talking about these soccer songs. The new song for the the Minnesota Loons next year is going to be <laughs> I Heart Feet or whatever Rob played at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I, Aaron respects feet. 